Yo, yo, it's your boy Flaw 700 of the Podcast Brothers. You are now tuned in to BJ and Change the Subject. Chip, chip, chip. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the host of Change the Subject, BJ. So if you would like to follow BJ, you can follow me at DergoBJ. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And the subject change is the Instagram page. Even though I'm in host form, I feel like I'm talking to family. This is what I mean by when I say I really feel like Brandon right now. And I feel like I'm going to get to know somebody that I frequently speak to and who I really look at as one of the most amazing people to know and talk to. This is somebody who is a, a fixture in the culture, whether we know it or not, and has been because just being amongst us, she provides some of the most unapologetic opinions um she's very like no holds barred when it comes to the truth she tells you how it is the way it is like it's never a filter or no type of fluff or bullshit on it it's just what it is and i think that we're going to have an amazing conversation and i am super excited and anxious to get to it so without further ado I am introducing you to Hype Williams, now one of the co-hosts of the Denny Talks IGTV series and just a well-known person and creative. What's going on with you? Oh, my God. I'm blushing <laughs> with that introduction. Cheese on bread. What? That's like, wow. <laughs> I'm just a regular degular chick from the Bronx. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. You think that. You think that. <laughs> You you think no, for that? For me, I feel regular. I feel regular, and I'm glad I feel regular. I want to always feel regular. That's what's up. That's what's up. I really appreciate and respect that. But I'm just super Thank glad you. to have you because um, I've always wanted to get a little bit more detail to who you are as a person and where a lot of your personality comes from. So um, just give mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. an idea of how you see you and explain that to us. How I see myself. Yeah. Um, well, I just said, like, I, I feel like I'm just a regular girl from the Bronx who, you know, I am 41 years old. I'm divorced. I'm a mother of three. I'm very family orientated. I think that I am straightforward. I like to say that about myself. And I use the word straightforward because that's how I want it to be perceived when I say things. Okay. Where other people have other adjectives as to what or who I am. So I won't, you feel, so Mm -hmm. I won't say I'm anything else, but straightforward. Like when you first meet me, that's, I think that's what people first see. And -hmm. however you perceive that as the adjective you use to describe it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. I think for a lot of us that do not have um, the experiences or the background, because you are a New Yorker, a lot of us Mm -hmm. have our preconceived ideas of what New York is like. And it's not the most positive mm-hmm. because um, New Yorkers are like those people that unwaver from what they really believe. Like they will tell you, nah, fuck out of here. This is, some, you know, that's not it. Or, yeah. you know, nah, your right. pizza is trash. You're, you're not, you're never, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they'll go there with you and it will be like a right. full on debate. But you, um, we always equate like uh like loud aggressive sometimes just like confrontational we don't always equate mm-hmm. that with passion or you know pride right so um i've learned or that just just being 
Mm, true, true, true. Just being. Right, right. Just being. We don't have to have a reason to be the way we are. We're just being. We don't ask you guys why you are the way you are. Oh, facts, facts. See, see. You know, we don't go around the country going, why y'all like that? We don't. Y'all mm-hmm. do that to us. Yeah. And 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 we're used to it. It's something that you have to deal with, you know? Mm. See, we already learning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your question is, you know, my background, like, what is your actual question? Well, we'll get into that because I want to, like, actually okay. get into uh, what we typically do to kind of open up the conversation, which is Q&A. Now, Q&A is my okay. icebreaker to kind of, like, loosen things up, see what kind of answers I get from hype on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, is some stuff that I think I kind of have an idea that I know the answer to, but I'm just interested to see how you answer it. So you ready to get into it? Super nervous, but let's go. All right. So question (laughs) number one is overall, when you think of Hype Williams from start to finish, what type of woman do you Mm -hmm. identify with the most in your lifetime? The woman who keeps her guard up and never attracts the somebody she truly wants or the woman who lets her guard down and always gets played or let down in some way by the somebody she thought was that somebody. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> currently, neither. Oh, super dope. <laughs> currently, neither. Super dope. Currently, neither, bro. <laughs> if you ask me them questions maybe, maybe 15, 20 years ago, maybe I'd have a different answer. But currently, at 41, I am neither of those people. All right. All right. Super dope. Number two. <laughs> Is which is more of your personality, submissive or seductive? I'm actually submissive. Really? Yes. And this is why I say, you niggas might see me in the street, but y'all don't know me. I am submissive. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) All right. Number three. I'm loving this shit already. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Number three is name five celebrity women that influence you in some type of way. Uh, Queen Latifah, Angela Bassett, um, Jane Fonda. Mm. Um, Jane Elliott. Okay. And Anita Baker. Oh, dope. There's your five. All right. Mm -hmm. Number Mm -hmm. four Mm -hmm. is, which is more powerful? Your brain when you think you know what you know or your heart when it's at its most vulnerable? Oh, my heart. Absolutely. Oh, so you think Absolutely. that your heart will put you in... Oh, man. It, Yeah. 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 So how often <laughs> do you use it knowing that about yourself? Daily. Mm. Mm. Daily. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> this is going to so be you, a This is going to be a conversation. Ooh, we. Okay. Yeah. Let's just breeze through these questions. All right. Number five is mm-hmm. if your father picked all of your boyfriends, do you believe that you would be happy with who he chose for you throughout your life? Absolutely not. <laughs> Antonio uh, can't pick me no goddamn mate. Absolutely not. <laughs> Why you don't think Pops know you like know you well enough to pick your, your mate? My dad knows me, but he's going to pick for himself. He's going oh, to pick like true. a dude that makes true. sense for him. He's not going to pick a dude that makes sense for me. He's, he thinks he will be, but mm-hmm. he's going to pick a buddy. He's oh, going to yeah. pick somebody to rock with. I would never allow my father to do that. <laughs> nope. All right. Mm-mm. That makes total sense. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's see. Number six is, 
based on what you know about sex as it pertains to your own life, how would you describe mm-hmm. sex realistically to a young girl that asked you anything concerning it? It is important, but not as important as they telling you it is. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, let's see. And the last question. If we had the opportunity to look into your purse, what would the contents mm-hmm. of your purse tell us about you as a person? That I pack light. Okay. I'm probably high. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm well lubricated and I, as far as my skin and inside. <laughs> oh man, that was a hell of an answer. All right. Yeah, let's. <laughs> all right. All right. Believe the hype, my nigga. For real. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, let's just get into the show. Now, I am. Um, I, I kind of explained this to hype before we got into this whole process that I had to prepare for her in a completely different way than I would normally prepare for women that I have had on the show previously. And the reason for that is because she is a completely different breed. Like I, I notice a lot of things about her that I do not identify in any of the other women that I encounter. And that may be simply because I'm not programmed or inclined to do that. But just in Mm -hmm. giving her her own space and identity, this is truly how I feel. And um, what I've become to understand is I really don't understand much about where she comes from based on my opinions. Mm -hmm. Because in my view, from being a Midwestern kid, it's like it's a certain Mm -hmm. level of assertiveness. It's fearlessness. It's aggression. Take charge and take no shit and ready for Mm -hmm. the world and whatever it comes with. And mm-hmm. a lot of times from where I'm from, that seems to be something challenging to every entity that I've ever been in. But what I also realized mm-hmm. is that most people that come from like the South that migrated from the South to the North, a lot of times were running from things like they were running from slavery. Mm-hmm. They were running from oppression. Mm-hmm. So that may be the perspective that comes from the challenges that we face being up here mm-hmm. so i want to give you the opportunity to kind of explain the details of women like you and today's conversation is going to be called tough cookie um mm-hmm. the reason i call it this is because we're going to be educated on hype and how she deals with the world assuming her strength and mm-hmm. the reason i call it tough cookie honestly is because it's how i personally see her because she is tough and fearless but she's also one of the sweetest people or cookies in the jar of women I know. So. (laughs) Okay, bless you. All right. So. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just warm up a bit in the conversation. Tell me what cultivated you personally from a girl to the woman we now see today. Black church. Mm. Black church is the cornerstone of who I am today. For wow. good and for worse. Wow. It is always, when, when people find out that I'm from the Bronx, New York, immediately they go, oh, that's a New York attitude. And you know what? You have a little bit of right going on there. But right, for right. me, I, I can't help where I'm born. So I was born in Harlem. 
Mm-hmm. Not Harlem, excuse me, my bad. I was born in Manhattan. I was mm-hmm. born at St. Louis Roosevelt Hospital. If you're from New York, you know where that is. Big right, up. Right. Um, and then we lived in uh, Harlem while I was, I think I was to maybe the second. Was... No, I was two. I was two when we moved to the Bronx. And we moved to the Bronx, and that's where we stayed pretty much until my adult life when I moved here to New Jersey. So mm-hmm. for me, New York is just New York. This is where I went to school. This is where I lived. I also grew up in a church environment. My mom got saved when I was very young. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, we weren't out on in the streets. We weren't, we went to Catholic school. Me, me and my sister, when we first started out, you know, um, we went to school in Harlem, but it was Catholic. So we were away from the streets. So to say that I became myself because of the streets is not true. I was in church first. Okay. Okay. So we didn't get into the streets of things. Like I didn't start cursing until we went to um, public school, which was in, I think I was, what it was a fourth grade. And I'd actually didn't say a curse word for a full year already being in there because I'm in church that that's inappropriate. Yes. Right. Right. So that's how we grew up. We were the church girls of our block. Church broke me and raised me. Hmm. Okay. So in, in a, that in space, the place where I was supposed to be safe, I was right, broken and raised. Right. I was just ready to ask that because that's typically what mm-hmm. the um the tragedy that the church seems to fail at understanding is a lot of times where they try to promote safety is the very place that many people are broken and sent back into the world. So you actually answer my question. So in the event mm-hmm. of being exposed to the Bronx, the church, and mm-hmm. um your ideas of, you know, safety and mm-hmm. spirituality. Was there ever a point where you felt like you needed someone to be there to protect you from these experiences? Because the whole time. Okay. All right. So you typically the just whole time. Fr- you just found your way through it by like kind of like learning by trial. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had no choice. I'm the oldest. My mother at the, my mother is now a married woman and she's been married for a very long time. But mm-hmm. when we entered the church, my mother was a single Puerto Rican woman in a black church with two female daughters. Wow. So look at my Puerto Rican mama walking in. She looks Latin as hell mm-hmm. uh, against the rest of these people and her two daughters. So she was already given the title of whore. My mother was looked at as less than. And I am like four or five when she got saved. Mm. So imagine a girl who I, I didn't, we didn't even really listen, watch scary movies and stuff. We were Disney kids. Me and my sister were completely, my mother made a, did a really good job from protecting us from our ghetto ass environment. Wow. Wow. And now I'm going into a church where my mother is looked down upon. Now at five, you don't know what this is, mm-hmm. but you can feel something's you wrong. You can feel it. Yeah. You can definitely feel it. I never, I, I was not comfortable at all when she, when she first went to church. And I, I, I do remember being very uncomfortable, but again, at five and we did what my mother told us. And, you know, we were very obedient children at that point when we were little, it, it, it was an experience just the going into it, mm. just the going into it. We haven't joined the church yet. Then we got, she got baptized. You know, the show, the get down. Yep. Yep. On Netflix, yep, yep. that church that Marlene sings in that, mm. mo- that church, my mother got, my mother got baptized there. She gave her life to Christ in that church. Wow. Wow. Yeah. In the Bronx. That church is still there. It's under the four train. It's right there on, on, on Tremont. And mm. it's still there to this day. My mother got my mother got saved in that church. And that's the church. 
And I was just like, okay, this is a lot going on. Of course, you know, the first time you go. And then we settled into a smaller storefronty type situation in the Bronx called Bronx Refuge. And there it started. Oh, so then it just unraveled as, oh, wow. Okay, so. And there it started. There it started. Mm -hmm. Okay, these details mm -hmm. are always important because um, I believe that this story is why I believe you to be mentally and physically stronger than most men to i mean besides the fact that we're talking about <laughs> women agree with that but um a lot of that is um because i know you and i've been around you and i see how the the nurture and the instinct of protection automatically kicks in when the mm -hmm. people that are dearest to you are compromised in that way so i think that that seed mm -hmm. of strength was planted in you at five because you begin yes. to pick up the senses and the instincts of discomfort and mistreatment of your mom. And then you have a younger sister and it's just starting mm -hmm. to show it's starting to show what you would naturally have to defend yourself from, period, because yeah. you're fighting against you're fighting against spirits. This is why we go to church, you know. Right. And so the streets, the streets, the streets weren't that bad. The streets weren't that bad. I wasn't wow. suffering when we went out in the streets. When we finally went into the hood, we finally was partying and doing what we was doing. I had a fucking great time. Excuse me, French. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I didn't have a bad time in the hood. Why? Because this was a respite from church. Wow, wow. So the hood was like the refuge versus the yes. sanctuary. This is crazy. Yeah, this and crazy. the foot, they, you know, I fought like everybody else did, and, and things happened. But I'd rather be outside than be in this building with you people. Right. So what exactly do you do when there is a need for spiritual connection? Like, how do you identify that piece of yourself based on how you, it was introduced to you? Well, we're, so we're Pentecostal mm -hmm. and it was ingrained in us at a very early age that, you know, God yourself, you read the word yourself, you study it yourself. So at a very young age, I was, I read through the full Bible. Um, you, church was a way of life. So I never not have my Jesus along with me. Mm -hmm. I just don't need you people. Oh, wow. Okay. That's how I feel yeah, about it. I so because too. I was, I was right. Because I was trained to have a personal relationship with God that meant nothing to do with you. I don't need y'all. And I was able to stand in that as a teenager. When I left our home church, I left my parents behind and joined another church. So I was able to find a church which eventually dis, uh, disappointed me as well. But I was able to find a church at that point that fed me spiritually as a 16-year-old girl Okay. without my parents. So I had, they gave me the training, I guess, and the, not training, I'm trying to find the word to use where I can actually go ahead with my own spirituality and make my own decisions. So that was something I did early. Mm. At so, 16, I left my home church and joined another church without my parents. And that's a big step because when people say mm -hmm. you left home, they always equate mm -hmm. that to where you rest your head. But leaving mm -hmm. spiritual home to find a place to stay is a huge challenge for a teenager. You know, that it is. that's never really considered when we talk about leaving home to find the resources that you need spiritually that'll feed and keep you content with the world. And I know that 
just based on knowing your mom, the the family aspect, Mm -hmm. that probably was extremely Mm -hmm. challenging for her to see, too, that you were being your own person. Yeah, but I think the writing was on the wall. So just to give you, like, we sang. I sang a lot longer than my sister did. Um, For me, I like to say, because I went to college when I became an adult and I was a mom, but when everybody else was in college, I was traveling with a choir. That was my college. right, Right. Right. So when I decided to start singing with the traveling choir, I couldn't really be at church. So my mother started to get used to the fact that, oh, okay, okay, at least okay. she's doing something, something for the constructive. Lord. Right, right. Right. Because I, I was either at school because I was in high school and I, was, I also had a job and then I also traveled with the choir. So she, if for my mother, it was, okay, I know where she is. Either she's at school, she's at work, she's asleep, or she's on a choir. Mm. So I wasn't exactly. It, there was some point of Jesus in my day where she was able to leave me alone. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So now, you feel me? And then eventually, a year later, she joined the church after that I left with. She came to me, and then a year after that, my stepfather came. And so all three oh, of us end up being at the church that oh, I left dope. for. That's mm-hmm. dope. Oh, so yeah. you kind of had to like jump off the porch for the the unit. Oh, that's. Dope. I was spiritually dying in that church. I had to. I had no choice. <laughs> All right. So now we get into like the more um, thicker parts of the story that we're trying to tell by Mm -hmm. using hype as the example. Now, respectfully, based on where I come from, which is a lot slower than the the Bronx Mm -hmm. and may have some Mm -hmm. similarities, but not necessarily exact to the challenges. People tend to take women like you for granted where I come from, Mm -hmm. because where we are. Yeah, where we are as people in the Midwest, you're stronger than our capabilities of strength. Like, you have a very unique way of knowing what is going to come out of of a person's mouth before they say it. Mm -hmm. So we automatically (laughs) think that you're smarter than us. You have a way to completely adjust to circumstances without even thinking that you know, that charge or that assertiveness that we see. So we don't think as quick and on our feet as you do. So automatically, based on just those two to three things that I've named, Mm -hmm. that makes Mm -hmm. us as men even feel like we're not needed because that's everything that we think we're supposed to be. So and knowing this... I can see that. And knowing this, this this makes me well aware that we're probably not going to protect you as best as we possibly can because we don't have even an inkling of defense that you're just innately gifted with. But nonetheless, we are still responsible for your protection. So I want to talk about that. Like, what does it feel like Mm -hmm. to be stronger than your protector? How does that feel as a woman? I don't have that problem. Oh, great. Great. So this is the misconception to where I'm a strong personality or an alpha female and that the man that I'm with can't protect me. Okay. That is not the case. So what, I will never be with a man who mm. can't protect me. Okay. So let, I me, did rephrase, one time let me rephrase that. And will that. never do it again. Okay. So what I'm, what I, I guess what I did was I'm using it as the outlook that I want to present to the women mm-hmm. outside of hype, not necessarily you per se, but like if you were okay. ever in that position to where as strong as you are, and let's just say you like some guy and he doesn't mm-hmm. have the capabilities that make hype comfortable in terms of protection. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that feel like in that space? Not saying that right now you're there, but what does it feel like to experience something like that? 
So the one time that I, I was with someone who I felt could not protect me, I felt like I was always on. Mm. Mm. And one thing about an alpha female or a dominant female, if she is, okay, put it this way, if she is truly an alpha female, she does not want to be alpha all the time. Okay. She especially doesn't want to be alpha with you, sir. Okay. Why? Because that's not her job. A real alpha female can submit. I don't want to be on all the time. If you're here, why am I on? Yeah, yeah, facts, facts. That's your job, bro. Mm. My personality should not, not, could, should not dictate order. You are supposed to protect me. Do it. And I will submit. If I need to jump in here and bust somebody's ass with you, trust and believe I'm going to do it. But you won't leave. Oh, that's the leadership. At, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I think, like, for a lot of people, because I had this conversation with a bunch of my um my guy friends, and mm -hmm. I try to have these conversations purposely because usually whenever we do communicate, it's about bullshit. So um, mm -hmm. I just so happened to bring this conversation up, and um one of my homeboys was, like, making mention of a new relationship that he's now trying to invest in but he feels like she's too she's too dependent upon her reflexes to society versus allowing him to play the part and that is a very that is a very difficult thing to do because naturally i think that we've probably made women feel like they have to be that strong and now yeah. that she has to adjust to the responsibility of kind of submitting to this guy now being here to do it is difficult because naturally I think that because we haven't been the best at protection, she doesn't know how to let the guard down and be submissive to the idea that she doesn't have to do that work anymore. So I think it's complicated for us to communicate with each other because a lot of us want to step up, but then again, there's the challenge of not knowing if your protection is adequate for how she feels she wants to be or needs to be protected. So like, how do we kind of break this protection barrier between men and women today? So if anything, a, a woman from New York can teach another woman from around the country that's having this problem, tell him. Mm. The reason people are, they go, oh my God, you're so... What do they say? Aggressive. It's not aggressive. I told, I'm telling you, sir, that I am not happy. I'm telling you that I need this. I am telling you I'm speaking my needs. People are not used to hearing that. Mm. So maybe he did, she did say, hey, I need you to do this, that, and the third. And he's feeling attacked because she's telling him something. You guys are not used to being told how we feel. We, You guys are used to uh, guessing, aren't you? Yes. I hear yes, this a lot from men. Yes. We always got to guess with y'all. We never know what y'all want. But if I come to you and tell you what I want, don't take it personal, fam. You ask me a question. I'm mm. telling you what I want. I'm telling you what I need. And the problem here is probably you can't give me what I need. So you feeling some kind of way. Wow. Wow. That is, that, and there a lot, is, that is, that. that is, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. And that's another, and what happens is I do really well with men outside of New York because I'm refreshing. I'll tell you why. They ain't got to guess with me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't gotta they don't have to guess my attitude. They don't have to guess what's wrong. If something's wrong, they know. I will tell you. If I need something, I'll tell you. I also, if I'm hungry, I will say so and I'll tell you what I need to eat. I am not the quintessential woman who wants a man to sit here and guess her needs and then sit here and be upset. That's not who I am. 
Right, right. And right. for for other women to see me act in that vein, it's just like some women are like, "Damn, I like that. I might want to get like that." And the other women are just like, "She, oh my gosh, she's so aggressive. Why is she like that? She is happy oh, because she has true. her needs. She met. has her needs met. Right, right. Oh shit, man, that is crazy. I would have never saw it that way. Okay, so how much does protection weigh in comparison to love nowadays? Are they equal, or does one weigh more than the other? No, love is not enough and is not equal to anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it does. But love is not enough and it's not equal to anything else. That's just how I feel about it. So it should... I'd rather be a... Go ahead, I'm going to say... Oh, no, I was just going to ask. So in this particular instance, would it be fair to say that protection should be primary in addition to love being a close second? Yep. Oh. Absolutely. Okay. I concur. All right. All right. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> okay. So, um, I just, uh, not too long ago recorded an episode with Denny and, um, mm. that was one of the opening questions that I asked because I was wondering as a man, like, how do you deal with that type of personality as a New York man in a sense? And one mm -hmm. of the things mm -hmm. that he made mention of that I really, um, didn't look at until he said it was, um, New York women will teach you how to come correct or don't come at all. There right? it is. And I can respect that. I definitely can respect that. But I think for me, just being an analytical person, we tend to not let struggle keep us down. So when we look at the aggression and the take no shit attitude and all of those things, we initially begin to be egotistical and say i'm gonna figure out a way to get through to her now in those instances it does feel like to him that he's doing a mm -hmm. good deed or a good service by stepping up to the challenge but sometimes based on the women that i've encountered like you sometimes that can mm -hmm. come off as a threat because we're constantly trying to make sure that we're protected and no men are assuming that responsibility by being courteous, by being gentlemen, by letting us know that there, there isn't going to be any type of interaction outside of you telling me mm -hmm. you don't want to be talked to. Like there's nothing that gives us the indication that it's okay for you to be this pushy or aggressive with me. So now mm -hmm. we have this communication barrier. Now, if in fact a man wants to step up to the challenge what does that require in order for a woman like you to feel safe enough to give a man a chance? Because I don't think that everybody is innately a protector. I don't think that many men that we encounter I today agree. know that that's even something that's needed, especially for men that come from single Ooh, parent homes. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of men who have, who have grown in the house with just their mom, naturally he mm -hmm. probably knows to do that because that's been his lifestyle. But when you come right. from a huge household, it's all of these personalities in one place. Everybody has a job. Like nobody just comes up with these king instincts just naturally. Sometimes you just have to be put or elected in a position. So what do you say to men who kind of think that your persona is an invitation to a challenge that he has to go through in order to get closer to you? Like, what do you say to that? So I'm automatically offended by that when a man says that. So when I, I I'm like I, I said earlier, I'm, di I'm divorced. 
And mm-hmm. I've been in the dating world for about five years now. And I remember a guy said something to me and it was like really an accurate, like just the format of the sentence and the crap he was saying. And I corrected him and he was like, Ooh, you a challenge. I'm going to have to solve. And I was just like, uh, the fuck you are. I wow. felt so I'm not, I'm not a fucking challenge. That's not a challenge. You were wrong. I corrected you. And in and, and such a way where it wasn't aggressive, I'm being very honest with you. Mm-hmm. I was nice to him. I was courteous to him. And because I disagreed with him, I was a challenge. Automatically, that is told to me. That, don't do that. Off the bat, don't do that shit. Right, right. You feel I'm a challenge because you're, you expected me to be docile and accept your corny bullshit or your misinformation. Let's go back to the beginning. I am from the Bronx, New York, which means that I am in a city built on public transportation. You do not need a car to get around. Unlike the South and the Midwest and a whole bunch of other places where y'all are not walking, moving targets. Us women in New York are. Wow. I'll explain. Okay. Public transportation. They pack the dog shit out of our public transportation. So during rush hour, I could have a man's dick on my leg, another one on my other leg, and if I'm, you know, you know, that's how tight right. it is that's when you're standing. And if is. you're sitting, someone is literally in front of you with his ball sack in front of you while he's standing there holding on. That's how tight we are. I am a walking target constantly. I have been sexually harassed as young as the age of fucking 11 on public transportation. So excuse me, sir. I don't want to talk to you if you don't come correct to me. I have had bottles thrown at me because I didn't stop to talk to a guy. I have been spit on. I have been chased. Don't sit here and tell me I can't ask for for um, standards. Mm. Don't mm. sit here and tell me I'm being aggressive when I told you to introduce yourself in my DMs instead of just showing me your dick. Don't do me like that. I'm not one of these chicks on here that think this is cute. Mm. I require to be respected because I've been disrespected for so long. That's what a New York woman has to go through. And I don't think y'all get that. Y'all get cars at 16 and 15. I learned how to take the train and protect myself. Mm, huge difference huge difference huge difference so at a 16 year old when i'm entering my sexual awakening this is what's happening to me and then i'm also in the black church so please when i say come correct or don't come at all it's because i don't have time for this bullshit i've already done it Mm. at an early age i'm not being difficult i'm not being aggressive i just know what i won't tolerate no more so have you ever like wanted to live anywhere else to relieve yourself of the pressures of where you come from? Right. So I moved to Jersey. Um, I travel a lot, so I've seen other states, but I currently live in Jersey in a much slower place, much quieter, where people stand online to get on buses and they don't pack them out like that. So <laughs> I had to move. Right, right. I had to move and I didn't actually move for me because at the age that I moved, I was already like I was married with children. I was clearly, I was in my thirties when we moved to Jersey and I was just used to being this person where I didn't want my daughter to have to grow up like that, nor my sons. So we um, had to move out of that environment where we're walking targets and having to protect ourselves constantly. Yes. Hmm. Do they still have to protect themselves out here? Of course. It's the freaking streets and it's 2020, but it's nowhere near. It's light years away from the Bronx where okay. we are now. Right. Right. So in the event, mm-hmm. let's just say um, we're talking about your sons in particular. Mm-hmm. Now, because mm-hmm. weak men make assessments of women like you, 
I believe mm-hmm. that a man will be ignorant enough to believe that you're capable to raise your boys all by yourself. Right? Yes. And I get that a lot. Yes. Okay. I get that a lot. And that's not the case. So in the event of being a potential strong co-parent, what is the proper balance that you would need another parent to bring to that relationship? Because I know a lot of strong women that can raise tough boys, but can't raise Mm -hmm. tough men. So like, what is the healthy balance to your mental and physical strength that would complement what you bring to the co-parent situation? I am a different type of parent, whereas my, I say that because my ex-husband is very traditional. Okay. Okay. Like he's, he's Antiguan. He's West Indian. Um, and he's the oldest boy. So he has very, very traditional, um, parenting style where I'm more free with my kids. I treat them completely different to be honest so we've had to find a healthy balance between now we have boys first and girl my girl is last okay so i've been raising boys longer than i've been raising my daughter and for me being the alpha female bronx person that i am um (laughs) that that's what my kids saw too as please the way you see me is the way my kids probably see me as well but they also know my soft side so that's why i use the term that what i said what i said all right right right. because it makes sense. Um, with them, I wanted them, I knew that I'm an alpha presence. Like my younger son has a problem with female authority because of me. Wow. Wow. And I know it's because of me. And I am, that does, trust me, I know. So he has a problem with female authority. My older son is just, his personality is just to go along and get along. But I am honestly nervous about the woman he's going to end up with because I really can't pin it. Is he going to be with somebody like me, middle? And you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can re- I can read my younger one, but I can't read my older one. Do I parent them the same way? No, I don't. Do I speak to them the same way? Not really. When they were younger, sure. It was just me and them a lot of times when the dad was at work. But now that they're almost adults and they're dating and they're men, I am way more open with them than their father is. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it makes I'm the one they come to when they're hurt. I'm yeah, the one they come it makes to sense. my son came to when he broke up with his girl. You know what I mean? Like right. it's it like makes that. sense. It makes sense because I think like that that nurturing and also that upbringing is what complements the relationship because they know that you identify with exactly what they feel. Right. So yeah. my boys know that I can fight for them because I have. I'll stand up to anyone for them, male, female because I haven't, they've seen it. They know I'm not to be fucked with. And that if the person that they want, I think they want a little bit of that, but not all of it. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes I don't, sense. I don't think they're gonna, They're not going to pick a... I don't think... I know for a fact that my my um, my younger son is not going to pick a woman like me. Mm. Wow. Wow. I know off the bat. I know off, off the, the bat. bat. And it doesn't bother me. There are a lot of mothers who will probably be offended by that. Like, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't he want to be with me? Um, I don't want him to pick nobody that look like me, sound like me, talk like me, walk like me. That's fucking weird. Yeah, that's an obsession in a sense. That's an obsession. And for like, especially when it's like the mom, and I, I, I'm just going to touch on this real quick. When a mom is dark skinned, but he dates a lighter girl, why doesn't he like it if she takes it personal? Nah, fam, he ain't supposed to be with nobody that look nothing like you. <laughs> I've never That's heard weird. nobody say that. I've never heard nobody say that. That is so fucking weird. No, hear, hear what? Like the dark skin, light skin thing? 
it's all exactly. yeah it's always looked at as a colorism issue like oh he he must hate it's his not. mama yeah i've never nah, heard anybody he say probably, that he probably thinks his mama is a, and, and men who have to defend themselves in that moment usually say i love my mama my aunts my sisters and stuff like that i don't want to date them yeah facts. i don't want to marry them so for me to sit here and be like, I want my son to go out and get him a girl just like me. You know, I want her to be. No, I, I don't want her to be nothing like me. All he right. got me already. He got you already. Oh, that's fire. That's fire. All right. <laughs> I feel like I'm learning so mm-hmm. fucking much right now. Okay. <laughs> now, we get to this part where we're talking about, like, women in general in an external um capacity. Nothing personal to you. But just mm-hmm. the way in which we're seeing the world unravel. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a difficulty that is now being presented to the men who are now being challenged and called out for protection. Now, there's this issue where men are subsequently believing that protecting our women is an equivalent to a space and time they're trying to get the furthest away from. They're dying at a rapid rate and everything Mm -hmm. involving or centered around protection makes them feel like their life or lives are being threatened. What is to be said to reassure men that this is a very valuable and definitely needed place for men to be at, despite what may be a fear. Cause I think fear is Mm -hmm. natural, but we don't always give the context two men to be able to use it to a benefit or to use it constructively so how do we encourage men that it's not us asking you to die directly but more so be in position to deflect a lot of what comes you know towards or against our women say it just the way you just said it See, because mm. that doesn't happen. What right. You just broke it down to where it made sense to you as a man. Yes? Right, right, right. Why can't women just do that? Mm. And we don't. We expect everybody to treat us like our daddy did. You know, you're supposed to protect me like my daddy. What the hell did your daddy do to protect your mama? Please explain it to me. Yeah. Let me know what question. my expectations are. You're, we're sit- and, and, and I, I am at fault at this because neither I wasn't taught either the person that you're speaking to now is a realized human being that I was not when I first got married when I had my first son when I first you understand so Mm -hmm. my outlook on this is different we are not telling you guys what we need because when we do we are told what we're overreacting okay we're overreacting I'm doing that but no I'm telling you you're not I'm telling you the way you're doing this is making me feel such and such, but I want to feel this, this, this. Do that, that, that. Y'all not listening to us. So that's where the miscommunication is. Women, I challenge you to stop thinking that they know what you want. They do not. This is not a meme. This is not a joke. They've been saying this for years. They don't know. Yeah, they don't. And honestly, what human being, male or female, just walks up to a blank slate and says, oh, my God, I know all your favorite things. I know what <laughs> bothers you. I know where you like to go. Stop being fucking stupid. No one does that. Right, right. The idea that you're entering into relationships with your children, with your parents, with your loved ones, with your man or woman, thinking that they're just going to be like, yeah, I know what they want. Mm-hmm. And then get mad when your, your needs are not being met and you're unfulfilled. 
dudes, you guys are scared to ask questions. I can't make you feel stupid. I can't make you feel stupid. Your intelligence is your property and your thing. If you know you right, fam, you right. Stand on that. Oh, man. That was Tell a bar. me I'm wrong. That was a bar. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't make you feel stupid. Everybody, that lady made me feel so stupid. That's because you don't feel smart. That had nothing to do with me. You walked in here feeling like that. <laughs> oh, that was a fucking bar. That was crazy. If you come to an argument with your, if you come to a situation with your woman where she's saying something, or, and then you're like, babe, let me ask you some questions. And you ask her questions. I'm just giving give you guys a scenario because I know you guys learn this way. Right, right. Hey, babe, what, what, what do you need me to do? Right? You so stupid. Why are you just going to ask me that question? You should just know. Look, lady, I asked you a question. What do you need me to do so I can be successful in this task? If you do not tell me what I need to do, I will not be doing it. And nothing you say after this is going to be valid. Be direct with her. Mm -hmm. That's how you lead. That's how you protect. That's how you be a man. You sitting here letting this woman run all over you and get mad talking about, I don't know what she wrote. You know, because I think I think what that comes from is this is the man's mm -hmm. idea of mm -hmm. when a woman challenges if a man can be submissive to a a woman's authority in a sense. Like I think that comes from the um the disposition that we tend to feel as men being submissive to a woman probably being smarter or a lot more um have a lot more agility than him. I think No, I hear what you're saying, but that's not what I'm saying. That's right. not what this is. So you just think that's that it's just being is. defiant to the understanding that you're going to have to step up and fucking lead. That's what pretty much what you're getting at. It is a hard job. I'm not saying stepping up and leading is easy. This is why I don't want to do it. It is hard. <laughs> I understand the job. I have been a single mother. I've been, I've done this. I know how hard I was raised by one. I understand how hard it is to lead a household. I know how hard it is to lead a person who tends to think that they're an alpha. I get all of that. Mm -hmm. Guess what? If you stand the fuck up, you're still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. The things, the, the, things might change for you, right? Right. You might be happy in your relationship. The directness of me. Take a little bit of that wherever you go. Oh, wow. That's what I can just take that directness with you. That is what's missing in a lot of ways females are raised. Don't be so direct. He won't like you. Guess what, Ma? If he don't like you, somebody else is going to think you're refreshing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Woo wee. Man. All right. Where, mm -hmm. the, where the fuck am I in this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> we all over the place, yeah, bro. Man. We all over the place. All right. So, okay. <laughs> I know what I'm. I know where I left off in my mind. Okay, is there ever a time okay. where you feel like because you are so, such a tough cookie that you're left at a disadvantage because of your strength? Yes. Okay, yes. what are those moments like? Humbling. Mm. Humbling because my strength is always told to me as a, a, a positive thing, and it's actually a weakness a lot. Wow. Because because it is. Okay, fine. I'm a big personality. We see that. You guys listen to me ramble for a couple of minutes now. You hear me. I'm a big personality. For someone who literally cannot physically stand up to me, they will shy away. Oh. And I might be missing out on something oh, really, really great. Wow. So I have to literally turn myself down to deal with people like that. Wow. Which for me is a disadvantage because like now I have to dumb myself down to make them comfortable. And then what usually happens when I do that, I'm only down for like a couple of minutes because then that person is something like I unlock something in that person and then they are comfortable with me. Wow. Then I can go back 
to regularly scheduling programming. programming. It is uh, that's <laughs> how try to be me for a day. Try to be me in a situation where you walk into a room and go, who needs top or bottom right now? Who needs the top of me, like the, the 100%, and who needs me at 50? I walk into every room like that. It's uh, stressful. I am nervous all the time, and I am ridiculously shy because of it. Oh, man. that is, I mean, it's actually a beautiful answer because that shows that, that mm-hmm. sweetness that I'm talking about. It's like it's moments mm-hmm. where you can tell that you're not you're not like shying away from who you are, but you're just being mindful that everybody can't take what comes with the hype. And that came, right. And that came from years of being told that I was too much Mm. by other New Yorkers, people who were right around me. Oh, wow. So it's not like, uh aha, remember I'm living here. I'm working here. I'm going to school here. So mm. other people are telling me I'm a lot. The other people that you also guys think that are a lot are telling me that I'm a lot. So I'm a lot. Mm. This is wild. So when you, I mean, based on what you're saying. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> so do you ever have, yeah. do you ever have those moments where you just refuse to take people in because you don't want to deal with that? So that's a defense mechanism. Um, and it also comes across like, I don't give a fuck, which is true. I don't. I tend to give my fucks to people I love and care for and actually value their opinion. So if I don't, if you're not a loved one, someone actually said, I loved you too. I don't give a fuck what you think. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I honestly do not. We can interact. We can go back and forth, but you will get that from me. Like she didn't really give a fuck what I said. No, because I didn't tell you. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? Who are who are you? Yes, I can be courteous and say stuff, whatever. But it, 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 who are you? Like I don't, I don't care about that. Wow, <laughs> that's where that comes from. It's not that I, I have to do it that way. I mean, because that's, that's of the a, anxiety that's a defense of defense for your mental health. To be honest, like I have to. You got. I have do no that. choice. I have no choice. Yeah, I have to be this way because, like I said, I walk not only as my personality a lot, but you've seen me. I am light skinned Plus size, tall woman. I am a presence when I walk in. And imagine being me. Every time you walk in the room, somebody, the whole room turns around and looks at you. And I'm not saying it to be vain. I'm just saying what it is. This happened early nah, on nigga, you know you church. cute as shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm fucking hot as hell. But as that's, fuck, huh? That's, that, that's how I'm hot as a motherfucker. But I don't particularly give a shit to be looked at. Does that oh, make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. Wow. As a young age, you walk in with this, this like like I said, imagine me walking in a black church with the Latina lady, the two young girls, and everybody looks like, oh, like oh, and everybody's looking at you. And that just kept happening to us over the years because my mother has us in very black environments, and mm-hmm. I am Jamaican, and I am black, but I don't look like y'all look. Right, right, right. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's that constant, the eyes on me thing caused me to be like, I, I, I don't like this. Like in, in public situations, like I'm sweating and I'm like, I, people like, you're so confident. I'm like, you have no idea that I took all this anxiety and ate it as a pill to keep going. Wow. So what, let's get to the softer side of you. How do you take off the yes. cape? How do you take off that cape of your superhero to just be you at the core? I have to. So in... A romantic situation, I have to trust my partner mm-hmm. enough with my emotions to actually take off my, my uniform and just be me 
like I said, I'm submissive in my relationships. I don't particularly like I'm one of those chicks. Like we go to a restaurant, nigga just order food. Like I'm just I'm 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 lazy as well. So that helps <laughs> me be more. But if I super lazy, bro. Super lazy. I'm very domestic. I'm very loyal, loving. You know what I mean? Right. So right, right. all those those are the parts of myself that I cherish the most. So in a relationship, I take off the dominance unless I have to put it back on. So let's say you are not doing well, like we're together and you're not doing well mentally. I'll put my cape back on. Oh, wow. And I'll take wow. care of you. And I'll take care of you. You know, if you're, if like currently my current, my boyfriend right now, he's doing online classes and he has been struggling and, and my, I had my cape on the whole time ready to jump right in and help him. And him being a dominant was like, I got it. Sit down. Wow. If I need you, I'll tag you in. And again, he had to tell me more than once. Let's be honest. Cause my cape, I always got it ready. Wow, wow. He had to go, Hey, I'm struggling. Yes. I'll call you back. I got it. If I need you, I'll call you. And when he needed me, guess what? He called me. But he got through it by himself. The person I'm with, I need to trust them enough to be like, all right, all right, all right, all right okay, all right, whatever. All right. But I I don't want to be dominant in those situations. With my children, I'm their mother. Of course I have to be dominant. But mm-hmm. now I have young adult men. I can't be dominant. Oh wow. So how my son you... is twenty, gonna be twenty one. Right, right. So how do, you, how do you adjust to the shift? Huh? How do you adjust to that shift? It hasn't been easy. It's not easy at all. And no parent that says it is that switch from younger kid, teenager to adult. It's really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids required it. So they're raised in an environment where I am who I am. But at the same time, they do have a voice. And if I can't hear their voice, they will go to my sister. They will go to their father so that their voice is heard. They need it. If they need more freedom and I'm being over the top, they have the freedom to reach out to someone else and be like, yo, go check your girl. Oh, that's fire. That is actually a but great thing But I had to set to it up have. like that. That's a great thing to have. I had to set it up like that. Look at the person you're talking to. For my kids to be able to go into the world and deal with humanity as it is, I could not be their only place to go. I, uh-huh. Because I'm going to be wrong a lot. And I'm going to hurt their feelings. I'm going to disappoint them. I'm human. Yeah. There had to be a village. There had to be a village. So this dominant personality, even in my parenting, when my sister walks in the room, guess who's the law? She is. I don't parent when Stephanie's around. Wow. I submit wow. to the village. Wow. What I... makes me dominant is my my ability to submit. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask another question. Since the name of this show is called Tough Cookie, what elements of mm-hmm. a cookie can you identify in yourself? Describe yourself and what you see in the cookie. Well, I like soft-baked cookies, <laughs> and that's more me, if anything. <laughs> I'm more of a soft-baked cookie. Okay. Because, you know, they look like they're going to be hard, and then when you break them open, they just open real soft. Beautiful analogy. Beautiful. That's who I am. That's who, because that's once who people get is. to know me, they're like, you're so nice. Oh, my God, is usually what happens with women. And men go, oh, my God, you're like the coolest woman I've ever met in my life. Right, right. I know these things. You just got to get... That when you meet someone who's just as direct, it's ho- you're thinking you're going to be judged all the time. And guaranteed, I'm going to judge you because I'm human because we all judge each other. So cut that shit out. Yeah, but right, I'm right. definitely going to love up on you. I'm going to love up on you. If we, if we are definitely friends and family and stuff like that, I'll be direct. Absolutely. But you will definitely get 
the better part of my, the part that I love the most and I'm not going to show the rest of the world. Y'all mm-hmm. don't need to know my soft side. Yeah. That's yeah. for my loved ones. Because, you know, I could be honest, like even when, um, like when I interact with you on social media prior mm-hmm. to me actually meeting you, I felt like mm-hmm. there was a threshold that I had to keep in that relationship because just out of respect it seems like Mm -hmm. when you meet people in certain arenas and they're just this they just exude strength and power i always assume Mm -hmm. that there's a story to this that you don't want to you don't want to kind of overstep your boundary and push a person back into a chapter that they're not like quite healed or ready to like go back into so like just mm-hmm. off of my perception, I'm thinking like I don't want to be too friendly. I don't want to be too comfortable. I just want to like tread that line of respect, like always. And then what ended up happening was the very first time I meet hype is at uh Stephanie. Shouts out to Stephanie, the life architect, because oh, she's that's amazing. Right. That was the first time we met. Yeah. yeah. So um <laughs> I meet her at her sister's hey, live show. And mm-hmm. what happens is you get the first introduction, which sometimes is nerve wracking because you want to make sure you on point when y'all finally come face to face. But what was also a part of that experience was I got to sit at the table and dine with you guys. Yes. And that, did get was, to chop it out. that was what broke the ice for me. So now I can know like, really? okay, if hype say this, yeah, she cussing me the fuck out, but I know where it comes from. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you're just trying to read between the lines. And I think that a lot of people would like for that experience that I was fortunate to have. But if every experience was like that, you won't you wouldn't be able to adjust to circumstance. So you kind of got to have the opposite of what other people have in order for you to be able to base the way that you handle people, you know. So that was beautiful that I was able to do that, you know. When you said that you thought that you had to pretty much straighten up and fly right before you yeah, talked to me. right. That's what you said at the beginning? Mm-hmm. I don't see why not. I don't see what's the problem with yeah. that. I think we all should address each other that way. I think we are, we see each other on Twitter feeds and Instagrams and things like that. And we think we know each other. I'm going to say it one more time. You might see me in the streets, but nigga, you don't know me. <laughs> this is the internet. <laughs> And unlike other people, I am as advertised when you, like he just said, you, you, you meet me, I am still this person, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's, it, it's a whole package and you're having a great time and you actually will probably like me. Right, um, right. But you feel what I'm saying? But this, th- you, you need to address me a certain way. You need to conduct yourself with me a certain way. You don't know me. Yeah. And I sit on the timeline and I watch people interact with each other. And, and, and it's just like, you don't know her. You don't know him. Just because you see them in your feed every day. So I am the same person every day. I'm not putting on the front. Like a lot of people, that's another thing. There are people who have an online persona or show persona, and that's your business. And then when you meet them, they're different. I'm not that person. So yeah, you're going to be nervous to meet me because if I'm telling you I'm this person, you know you got to straighten up and fly right to meet me. And I'm okay with that because guess what? No bullshit's coming my way. And if bullshit come through, it's not even getting over the threshold because you know we're going to stop it right there. We're going to stop right there. Yeah. My time is too valuable for bullshit. My time is too valuable to be wasted and to be put in situations where I'm supposed to pretend to like to where I am. I'm not, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not putting on a bra if I'm not going to be happy where I'm going <laughs> unless I'm getting paid for it. Right, right, right. 
because you, you gotta know, understand. So people should address each other like that. I think people should address. We should all. We dress should. Each other like we that. should. But I think the reason why I say this is because you got to keep in mm-hmm. mind. I'm not going to disclose a lot of the backstory to these examples, but I mm-hmm. was privy to seeing hype literally tell a man you are a fuck boy before I met her. <laughs> And it was oh, and, and it was not it was not in such a way to where it was like throwing insults and jabs. It was something that this person needed to hear. And the conversation, the direction of the Twitter conversation was not geared for that to be the immediate response. But it was like, I'm going to get straight mm-hmm. to the fucking point. You're whack. Yes, I remember yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. And of course, we're not going to tell the details. And I'm like, wow. But for me, it was just like, I actually like him. <laughs> and that's what the problem. I was disappointed. Right, right. That was me disappointed. Everybody's like, "This is her cussing somebody the fuck out." Let me explain to you. You're listening. You're listeners. Mm-hmm. This is a summer breeze, y'all. Y'all ain't seen me go off yet. Yeah. This is a summer breeze. Please understand that this is a summer breeze. This is why you're all entertained. It's why you're all about me. But what I'm saying is, for him, <laughs> it was I liked him. I was disappointed, and I knew the other person involved, and I was also disappointed in that person as well because mm-hmm. I went to her as well and him. Mm-hmm. See, I'm an equal opportunity situation right, right, here. Right. I, I'm 41 years old. I'm afforded experiences that tell me when people are being whack. I'm just saying. It was just unbelievable that it was like that <laughs> comfortable to just go there immediately. It wasn't like a setup. You know, you know how people who are timid, they always say, you know, I love you, but like they got to like kind of preface it. But it was it. a lot of that though, yeah. friend. You remember that, yeah. Jack. Yeah. It was a lot of that. And for and it started first thing in the morning. By the time I got to work, I personally was over it. And I was just like, okay, so we're surrounded by a bunch. It, it, you know what it felt like to me? It feels like a lot of times in these situations and not just on Twitter, but just in life, I always equate it to what would happen if this was high school? What would we do here mm-hmm. if I was sitting in high school and something like this would go down? Somebody would literally tell him that he was whack from across the lunchroom. That somebody yeah. would be me. Right, right. So that's how you have to and if, look at it yeah. now. You have to kind of look at Twitter like high school in a sense, you know, because that's what it's amounting to. I mean, for what we see, it's like there's no, there's very few real people in this space. So like when you see somebody keep it all the way funky, it's like a shock. It's it's like flabbergasting a person. Like, wow. And that was one of many instances before I had officially met you. You know what I'm saying? Like, really mm-hmm. got to know you. So to see this realness, it could be very intimidating for a person who doesn't normally confront Absolutely. their own issues. Right. I'm aware. Right, right. I am aware. I am aware. I am aware that how I come off and how people perceive me. I am very aware of that. And I, and I think any adult at this age that says, I don't know what's going on is fucking lying. You know your effect on people and you know your effect on the room and you know how much air you take up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah, man. You have to know. It's ridiculous to sit here and think that. Mm-hmm. I would think I would think that um, it's not so much that people don't know. It's that we still haven't found ways to deal with those those are insecurities within a lot of people still, you know, like those are things that we haven't really necessarily confronted because we are afraid mm-hmm. of the rejection that comes from a person telling you the truth. You almost think that when they tell you the truth, they don't care for you, you know? Um, yes. That's how yes. it feels. That is, you nailed it. You <laughs> nailed it. And, I, and you nailed it. You really have. And that's, I think that's why 
um, dating was so hard at first because it was like dudes are not used to women being that direct and um, upfront and honest about what's going on because women are told to be nice so they can like you. Wow. Okay, so be nice. We're not gonna do that no more. <laughs> we gonna say what we no. mean and mean what we say. You don't have to be ruled. You don't have to be. Trust me. I people love me. I have a lot of friends, <laughs> um, and I have I, I do really well with dudes. There and it, the reason being because when I have those interactions where men just feel like I'm too much, I know another one's gonna think I'm just enough. Oh wow! So I don't put that much emphasis into this. Okay, don't call me no more. Get the fuck out of my DMs. Lose my number. Like I just move on. Oh. But there was a point in my life where I was nice. And I did do the things that they told me to do to keep a boy around. Where, and where's he now? Yeah. He ain't here. He ain't here. Probably because you did what you had to do to keep boys around. The boy. It was the Here problem. we go. Say that. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> Come on now. Let's be nice to keep the boys around. You got to be nice for the boys. Now yeah. I want a man right. who thinks I'm refreshing. Facts. Oh, man. That's what I want. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself in this conversation. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> All right. So um, I know we are over an hour. I try to keep people, you know, with short yeah. attention spans at a certain cap. So we're going to uh, pretty much yeah. end it off here. But wh- I want to yeah. ask you one question that's very important so that our women, our strong women, leave with something um, to consider. What should we know mm-hmm. as weak and we're going to use the word weak because we haven't mm. quite, we haven't quite found the strength to stand up to women such as yourself. Um, mm. That's not a judgment statement. That's just what we have to that's equate fine. it to. But what should we that know? Um, what should we know as weak people about strong women that we never seem to consider? We have feelings. We feel deeply mm. and often. We're walking ball of feelings like all day the reason we have to be this strong is because all of our feelings are exposed at all times we're protecting ourselves and it's not that we're we have to we have to because when people if you just think what i said a person whose emotions are just raw some some idiot is just going to keep poking at him yeah poking at it and touching it and seeing if he can move it around from here to there this that and the third that's who we are and and if you if you looked at it that way, understand that I'm not mean or aggressive. I'm just me. Mm-hmm. I'm just me. And the only way for me to submit to you is for me to be able to trust that when I do let this guard down, you ain't gonna fail me. Wow. Man, oh man, that was a way to cap. That's it. a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys that are listening, I hope that um I was able to connect with you strong women that feel like you're not being cared for to full capacity. I think that this is a conversation that we should um, take a lot further because um mm-hmm. this is just me kicking it with hype, somebody that I love. But I know a lot of you mm-hmm. that I don't connect with have your own stories and could possibly have some insight that we didn't consider for this conversation. That means reach out to me at DareGoBJ on social media. That's Twitter mainly, but reach out to me on Twitter at DareGoBJ. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J. Reach out to me on Instagram at The Subject Change. Um, Tell me what you thought about this episode. Give me your comments, your questions. 
your feelings. Let me know if we were on the mark, we hit the mark, or we missed something. Um, it's always important mm-hmm. to continue to grow these conversations. And I want you guys to get in tune with Hype because she is an amazing personality <laughs> Thanks. on Denny Talks. <laughs> Shouts out to Denny. I love Denny's personality. And hey, you Daddy. just bring that sriracha to the goddamn show. <laughs> So um, just me in my rap. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. So just uh, take a few minutes to give all your social media, let them know about the show and all of what you have going on, Mm -hmm. so they can connect with you on their own time as well. The show is um, Instagram and Twitter is Denny Talks. Um, You can follow that, and that way you can actually, you know, get the notifications for when we go live. You can also follow Dennis, who is uh, I am Denny. What is it, De- Denicio? What is he now? I he mean, is. I am Denny Blanco, I, isn't it? He's going to... Sm- there it is! <laughs> My brother changes his name a lot, so you have to work with me, and he's right. going to laugh when he hears this. But yeah, um, and then I'm Hype Williams with a Z on Twitter. There is someone with a... She, they, somebody's like, oh, I found somebody that might be you, and that ain't me. It's only one me. Um, and uh, my Instagram is private. I don't accept everybody. So, good luck. May the odds be <laughs> I can respect that. So, Our hey. show comes on on Thursday at 8 o'clock. Okay? Yeah, Thursday so. at 8 o'clock on IG Live. All right. All right. You heard it. Make sure you get in mm-hmm, tune with mm-hmm. any talks. If you're lucky to get past the threshold on Instagram, salute to you. <laughs> but um, your best bet is to head to Twitter. I don't know about uh, any other way but yes, Twitter. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So this concludes the episode that we're going to title tough cookie that is the aka for my Mm -hmm. dearest dearest sweet sister Hype williams i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i will talk to you again in two weeks peace and blessings